I grant that I was with the devil below in his great big fiery hall where the devil was giving a ball. I checked my coat and hat and started gazing at the merry crowd who came to witness the show and I must confess to you there were many there I knew. Welcome to The Dispatchist, a friendly conversation about hell and some other stuff. A lot of other stuff. With me this week are my co-hosts, Jamin. Hello! And Victoria. Hello. This is episode 68 of The Dispatchist. Some questions about Magi. I I also wanted to call this uh, Pelted with Hedgehogs. Well, the, we do that I, next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Critter Stravaganza. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was just going to make a Nietzsche joke, but no one gets do those. it. Okay, so I'm just going to throw this out there. Is it worth reading the spake Zarathustra? Also, Sprach Zarathustra. Um, yeah. Just just listen to the soundtrack. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> okay, I, I'm torn because... I like always quote this book, but I think reading what he thought about the book is more interesting than reading the book, right? Because the book is literally like a book for everyone and also no one. It's like, (laughs) this book is so funny, you're probably not going to get the jokes. So I'm I'm honestly kind of afraid of reading Nietzsche. He almost cost me one religion. Well, we we should still read the Antichrist. Okay. No. No, but David just doesn't want to read anything. Yes. There might be pictures. <gasps> That's true. We could draw some. So, would you rather read that or Purgatorio? Christ. <sighs> I feel like I should read Purgatorio. I do not feel like I should read Nietzsche. Okay. Well, let's. We could start with Purgatorio. Okay. Let's. Let's just say. If any of us had friends. Has anybody ever said we could just start with Purgatorio? <laughs> well, since I'm in my pun- punishment era, my background. <laughs> right, right. Uh-huh. Well, it's like, okay, the only reason to either read Purgatorio or Nietzsche is to make yourself sound smart when you're at cocktail parties. Yeah. I haven't been to a cocktail party in the last ever. Okay. And so have you ever been like, to one? No. I don't have friends. I know. I know, sweetie. It's true. (laughs) Bless your heart. (laughs) What are we then? I can alienate myself in better ways and easier ways. Yes, that is true. So this week, we're going to be opening up the topic of Zoroastrianism after two years of dread. But before we get there, has anybody brought anything to the party? Hey, you remember those tarot pancakes I bought like three weeks ago and left in the bottom of the freezer? Yeah, they're gradually getting flatter. Um, surprise. Can I tell you my tarot tragedy story? There's no yes. such thing. All tarot is amazing. I love tarot. Oh, but... talking of like, so not because not the card. <laughs> not the card, the fruit. Because that's why I was like, how did you make, did you have a stamp? Like, did you make it in the shape of the oh, hermit? No, like, the purple pancakes. Yes. Oh, my god. The purple, purple potatoes. Okay. Okay. With you. I'm with you. Yeah. So, I, I love taro. It tastes kind of like slightly watered down sweet chocolate kind of fruit flavored, very light and delicate flavor. And it's in bubble tea all the time. So, yep. I went to a bubble tea place in northeast Austin. 
And they, on their chef special list, they had milk tea with taro pulp. And I thought, oh, taro, I love taro. But I got it and it was like slightly mashed potatoes. Just, just ground up taro yeah. root. It was like drinking bubble tea with like chunks of boiled radish in it. And <laughs> oh. I was very sad. Oh. That is kind of awful. I don't know if it's then would a one made with tarot cards be better? It would be slightly better, yeah, because it would taste like paper as opposed to radish. Could you read a, a tarot root? No. Oh. I want to make a joke about the maple syrup of pentacles, but I, I just can't. It's not coming to me. Actually, right. you could make a tarot deck of condiments. Like all the suits could be different condiments. Or, then, root, or root vegetables. Yes. <laughs> you can make a tarot. Or pancakes. I like pancakes. Are there enough pancakes in the world? You can do dumplings. There are plenty of dumplings. <gasps> oh. Mm-hmm. The, the gyoza of pentacles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or just the, the gyo- you know, different dumplings could be different suits. Like, you know, the five of gyoza. The five of gyoza. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I brought some entertainment. Okay, please do tell. This week, for our viewing pleasure, a gargantuan and terrible one-hoofed, fiery-hoofed demon will shred false popes with its claws before driving them across a boulder-filled fen. And is it hopes or popes? My exact question. Okay. False popes. (laughs) Popes. It's hard to shred hopes. No, it's it's not. very surprisingly easy. (laughs) Barely an inconvenience. (laughs) Funny you should say that. My job is hiring. We shred hopes daily. Oh, fresh, fresh shredded hopes. And I work in a college. I do too. Yeah, it's true. Okay, so Mm -hmm. one hoofed, but fiery hoofed. One fiery hoofed. Yeah, so it's a mono hoof, but it's a fiery mono hoof. Yes. If he's only got one hoof... Where are the claws on his hands? Like Wolverine. Yeah. Oh. Like a one-hoofed Wolverine. Like a one-hoofed fiery Wolverine. <laughs> right, right, right. Because like demon demons have goat legs and human hands sometimes, or or demon demon hands. Like I guess I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like just mono limbed. If he only had one hoof, he like he was like a mono boar. Hmm. Okay. How sad. Yeah. Hop, 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 hop. I <laughs> know. Yo, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Hop, hop, hop. Hold on. Going to get you. Poing. <laughs> come, come here. Come here. I want to shred your hopes. <laughs> Stop it. It's too real. It's too real. <laughs> so, I brought a drink. Oh. So, this one is in honor of a coffee house that Nietzsche had a habit of hanging out in uh, the Barati and Milano. Um, Sounds like it'd be a downer there. Well, yes, he was. Yeah, he wasn't a whole lot of fun. But my drink is called. Anybody want to make a guess? Since it's it's related to the episode and it's related to Nietzsche. Is it Kahlua? Which is not related to either, but you said coffee shop. <laughs> you want to make it? It's a pun. Also, it's something also. Uh, uh, also, gin and tonic. Uh, also, you're so close. Also, something Zarathustra, but what's the sprock? Drink. 
Also drank Zarathustra. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So it's, yes. So it is, um, the drink, it comes in a stem glass and it is a precise layering of fine espresso, oh. melted chocolate and rich steamed milk. <gasps> but no, no booze. It does sound good. No, I guess you could add your I think you just you you stir it up and it's like a mocha latte. Yeah, but it doesn't sound good. It, it does. does. Sound good. It really uh-huh. does. I mean, it's not very summer drink, but. No, it isn't. But Although at night. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That mm. sounds quite tasty. Yeah, and you could add, you could add hazelnuts if you want a hazelnut. Uh, you could add whipped cream, like whiskey would be good in it, right? Other things like that. You could add uh, some kind of liqueur. You could add Kahlua. Oh, oh. yes, always. Mm-hmm. I really so, like I really like Kahlua. It's tasty. So that is my drink. So we can get really really wired. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. So, uh, <laughs> uh, well, no, I like it. This, uh, uh-huh. So, hell news, and people have been pinging me on social media about this one. The uh, Talking with Jesus app. Have you downloaded that yet? Mm, I um, I did, but my computer ate it. Oh, just kind of made a my bl- blurping dog. sound. I did, but I was at work, and my boss had to have a talk with me. Mm, was it Jesus? Is Jesus your boss? Does Jesus shred hopes? No. Does Jesus shred popes? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so this is the Text with Jesus app, uh-huh. which lets you talk to Mary, Jesus, Joseph, and I think Judas is in there as well. What? Why? I don't What's know. I mean, he's okay. made bad decisions, and everybody can relate to someone that made bad decisions. That's true. I mean, it's kind of a scared straight situation. Yeah, but for two ninety nine a month, you can talk to Satan. Oh my God, it may be worth it. I don't know because the reports back from the field say that Satan is like really making like fairly sound moral advice that kind of favors the other other side. So, is this a Christian? I think product? it's. A, I think it's a Christian app. Okay, and so okay. their their Satan is encouraging good behavior, but with emojis. Hey, guys, you really don't want to break those commandments today, do you? So is there tracking? Also, are they tracking the people who are wanting to text with Satan? Oh, God, I mean, It's I just like so. a bunch of 15-year-old boys, but. Do 15-year-old boys even have 299 these days? I feel like, I don't know. The youth, oh, th- the youth have gone downhill with their spare change. I, well, they don't actually carry money, A of all. I I think they may be, they may be, well, I don't know. That's right. Mom, can I have an advance on my allowance? I want to talk to Satan. Again. (laughs) Yeah, I think Gen Z, yeah, I think Gen Z is suffering because of all of the bad things that the boomers and Gen X did or didn't do potentially, so. Oh, with AI generated images? Very strange. Oh, that's, that's, (laughs) that's legit. No, this is the okay. There's the Bible Picks app, mm-hmm. and that's different. That's just got various artificial intelligence generated animals. There's like a, images. There's like a picture of Noah putting very strange critters on the ark. Okay, okay. so so next week there's going to be hell news about the Bible Picks AI generated Bible story picture thingy, which is extraordinarily strange and hyper realistic. Um, okay, boy, there. I don't picks. want to click. 
And then there's text with Jesus, which is the app that lets you text with Jesus. Whoa. Oh, so you can actually talk to. Okay. Wow. So two different, two different products. Whoa. Okay. Noah's pants are like super high-waisted. Is that intentional? Well, he's kind of your grandma, grandfather. I think I've seen images of Moses with those same pants. Like they're waiters, right? Because he's it's a oh, storm. Oh, there are hip waiters. He doesn't uh-huh. want to get his feeties wet. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's a very practical man, so... An immersive experience that breathes life into ancient scripture. Huh. Geared towards Gen Z. I'm heavily distractible today. Let's let me back away from this. Okay. Back away. Back away from the Bible picks. Um, or, yeah, Bible picks. Uh, yeah, Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrianism. Right. Is that where we are today? And it's different from Mithraism, and it's different from Zervanism, and it's different from Islam. It's not... Zervanism is a flavor of Zoroastrianism. Yeah, Zervanism is okay. like this... It's the downer version. Well, I wouldn't oh. say it's, it's the version which makes sense because it ties the patriarchy to the twins. And therefore, all these unanswered mysteries like what happened to the other twin, who may or may not have been slaughtered to build the world... Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be so all over the place with this because Wikipedia does not agree with Wikipedia on a lot of these things. And Zoroastrianism has changed. For the record, in the past, like, seven and a half minutes of research, which is way more than I normally do, I did not touch Wikipedia once. I I looked at it. I did look at the Wikipedia and then I found... uh, an article, a very long article that was actually pretty funny. Like it was intentionally funny. Oh, good. Um, about uh, Zoroastrian hell, and then I found, uh, well, it was from Hell Online, uh, a book of Zoroastrian uh, okay. hell journeys. Oh, oh, that's the 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 one, the the mm-hmm. the, the one, mm-hmm. right? What is that one called? I linked that. Zoroastrian, uh, oh, I have it in my notes. It's uh, Eileen Gardner, Zoroastrian Hell, Visions, Tours, and Descriptions of the Infernal Otherworlds from Hell Online. It's not just Artagurov? No, that's mentioned. I haven't read. Th- we need to read that. I did read it. It's, it's you, like, you read the whole thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's 94 different, well, it's 94 torments and 12 th- nice things happen to nice people. But yeah, I have read it. It's it, it goes places. It's really graphic. It is, and and Gardner, this this book uh, excerpts it. So this this isn't the full uh, five hell journey Zoroastrian books, but it does have kind of the meteor parts of uh, the uh, that book, the Art of Ra. So so let's go back to the very beginning what we mm-hmm. are and kind of how it places in we touched like we're all like let's do this because it's all really really old right yeah Zoroastrianism <laughs> we're about we're about 4,000 years ago oh god okay. wait really no yeah 2000 BC well and then to the 9th century well 6th century and then there are right. the books and then, like 9th century and then before that was kind of Mithraism ish mm-hmm. and before that was literally and the Britannica's, the entire article is just ancient Iranian religion. And that's how it's referred, right? Right. 
And so we had this whole kind of mithril thing with mm-hmm. this, and we have current Zoroastrianism, and we have modern day kind of Judeo Christianic. There's a progression there, like they're they're very loosely linked. But but earlier, and basically, we had a polytheism, and Zoroastrianism was kind of one of the first monotheistic dualisms. In uh, yeah, I question the, the use of the word monotheistic is really stretched uh, to its let me rephrase stretched to its limit. Let me rephrase monolatric dualisms. Interesting. You've never thrown that word at me before. I know it I've means. I've never heard that. It'd be worshiping one God, but not necessarily there only being one God. Of or related to monolatry. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> okay. So, okay. The, another reason we're talking about this. The prophet Zoroaster might have been around 1500 BC, might have been around 700 or 900 BC. But Zoroastrianism started being a big thing at about 650-ish BC, which is very close to the Babylonian takeover of Israel. And mm-hmm. the Babylonians were kicked out by the Persians and right. by extension, Zoroastrian Persians. So Zoroastrianism washed over the entire ancient Near, Near Middle East around the time, well, just before the Bible, the Hebrew Bible was written. And these are all linked ideas, but uh, it's hard to escape the influence of this this religion. I think all three of us kind of said we thought it was a small thing. And then we learned that it was the biggest thing for a while. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Did we ever say it was small? I think Jaman and I kind of felt like maybe it was a bit religion, but we had no idea that it was like the biggest thing for a while. Well, in my notes, it says Fuka said, "Hey guys, this is small." End quote. Oh. Oh right, back yeah. in my Vuka yeah. era, that, yeah. that was yeah. that was weird. Yeah, that we was question, weird. I question your scholarship, Vuka. <laughs> I think one of the reasons why, well, two reasons why I'm interested in Zoroastrianism. One, there there was one Zoroastrian rock star. Oh. Do you know who that is? Freddie Mercury. Yes. So, Freddie oh, Mercury. Oh, right. That, that's actually, yeah. So, he's for, so, so, I've always wondered what that was about. Like, what the religion, what actually the religion, what up with that, right? And yeah. then also because... Zoroastrianism is often kind of the, cited as the foundation of Christian ideas about hell and the devil. Yeah, you could definitely see the, the edges of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Which is, I guess that's what brings us here today, right? Freddie yeah. Mercury. Yeah, absolutely. Freddie, I, I want it all and I want it now. But he didn't write that song, by the way. Brian what? Made it. Oh. oh, why do you ruin everything? Because I look, because, yes. Because you're smart and you know, I'm just like. Because I'm a huge Queen fan. That's why. I I heard the song on the radio and I thought I was cool, but you actually bought the album. So, I don't think that Zoroastrianism should qualify as a monotheistic religion. I would agree with that. But why? Jaman, you should challenge me on this. Someone, Jaman, challenge me on this. I, I, okay. As I'm to understand. Yes. As I read on the Britannica. Okay. Right. We had this ancient Iranian religion. Right. Of which Zoroaster, Zarathustra was a prophet, wasn't a magi. And, and a reformer, really. And that's re- that's like exactly it. what it was. He was a reformer and he said, hey guys, what if the world was slightly different 
in the way that I'm about to tell you that it is, and thus not just the religion, but our perception of the world we live in should be this. And he wrote this down in the Avestus, which is a text written in Avestan. It's a and, book about mm-hmm. a shirt with no sleeves. Right, right, right. Yes. <laughs> Have you been to the desert in a shirt with no sleeves? <laughs> <laughs> and so Sorry. I kind of, I kind of want to touch on this too. Is like big cosmology and big cosmogony of this ancient Iranian Zoroastrian or Mithraism, Zoroastrianism up to uh, what do we call? I guess biblical, like he- he- Hebraic. What are we going to call this thing? Second Temple. Up to Second Temple. Okay. Yeah. So, like world building, Mithra slayed a bull mm-hmm. to create the world. There's a right. lot of bull killing that goes on. Yes. In the updated Zoroastrianism, there is a cosmic bull. No, I'm sorry. That was in Zoroastrianism. There is a there is some slaying to creation. In one sense, it's the twin that gets slayed, and this all is the sky. In early Judaism, the world is created without an initial sacrifice, right? Yes. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And everything was fine. The sacrifice didn't happen until later. It was still a very, very big part of the whole thing, the shedding mm. of blood, the shedding of blood of a powerful creature, to continue all humanity, right? Hmm. So, in okay. the first two, this all happens at the beginning. Okay. And this, this goes along with my second idea of sin and the concept, right? Ancient Iranian, etc. Zoroaster or Zarathustra. Zoroaster is Greek. Zarathustra is... We'll call him Z-Man. Z-Zeb. Oh, like a Beyond <laughs> yeah. the Valley of the Dolls? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Zed. In- do you no. know what I'm talking about? No. What's the doll? Z-Man? Oh. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. This is a little deeper. Brief aside. So beyond, yes. Be, it's totally relevant. Beyond. So, it was... Just the, the name, the Valley of the Shadow of Dolls, makes me scared. So, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls um, was the... Uh, it was a satirical musical melodrama in 1970. Um, and it was related to... It was supposed to be a sequel to Valley of the Dolls. Has nothing to do with actual dolls. Dolls refers to uh, oh, good. drugs. Oh. So, uh, and, and specifically, Mommy's Little Helper kind of drugs. You know, like Valium and um, okay, okay. stuff like that. That were big in the, you know, housewives of the 60s and run, 70s. Running away drugs. Yes, 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 yes. So, there's a character named Z-Man... And unfortunately, like Z-Man is, uh, he has these crazy parties and he's ultimately the villain of the movie, spoiler alert, but it's proud, like this is a movie that shows up in a lot of uh, queer uh, cinema discussions because Z-Man is kind of one of the big like queer figure as villain figures. But he's like this really campy character and his best line is because they're at a party, this band, Strawberry Alarm Clock, which is a real, like, popular kind of uh, trippy band in the 60s, the early 70s. He says, this is my party, and it freaks me out. Look at his sideburns. He's got some prodigious sideburns. Now, both of you have spent a great many words 
without addressing my question or, or, <laughs> okay. or my thesis. What 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 was your question? I don't I don't <laughs> this think this is your podcast and it's freaking me out. I don't think Zoroastrianism is a monotheistic religion. <laughs> okay. No, you're you're absolutely right. <laughs> because No, you're right. Jamin, you're a man of uh, contradictions. It's the sideburns. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, c- should I finish my, my thought on sin now or later? Or should I address your addressing? Oh, hell if I know. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an unscripted drama. <laughs> so, <laughs> we've just... Okay. So, ancient Iranian had behavior. Okay. Right. Okay. I'll accept that. Behavior, morals, and ethics, as well as cleanliness and uncleanliness, right? Whereas, like, if you do this, you're unclean. If you do this, you're clean. Mm-hmm. Okay. Zoroastrianism takes this and really intensifies the uncleanliness. Like, a lot they of are, modern... They are laser-focused on yeah. the, the ceremonial cleanliness Absolutely. Thing. And so, we have cleanliness and uncleanliness. We have the truth and the lie. And we have things which bring you closer to the gods and things which take you apart from them, right? And then, finally... Judaism has sin, which is innate of man. Man is sin. Man cannot be next to God, right? Whereas if... Well, sin is is what separates man from God. Sin is what separates man from God, but that sin is innate to man, which was refined from sin is a thing in the world, and we as humans are fighting against this lie but it's not innate to us. We are not sinful people. We are just living in a world fighting on truth. And so there's those big three distinctions. But to answer your question, I, I no, I'll, I'll agree with you. It was, oh, and you can't even say because you got the Iranian and the, the, the Indus Valley civilizations which cross over. There's so many pantheons. But, it wasn't monotheistic. No. I Well, so it is argued frequently that this is the first monotheistic religion. I, I feel like it's argued that this is the first dualistic religion, but not the one, first monotheistic. Monotheistic comes up an awful lot when they talk about Zoroastrianism because in some, some, I think probably the more abstract versions of it, and maybe this is authentic Zoroastrianism? I don't know. I wonder how much it's changed from 650 to mm. 2000, Oh my gosh, yeah. What's the word for having one big god and a bunch of lesser gods? Uh, well, um, henotheism is the worship of one god while allowing the existence of others. Well, it's kind of the council model, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Very much so. Because uh-huh. Okay, so to, to back up a little bit, the biggest god in the Zoroastrian world is... Ahura Mazda. Ahura, uh, no. Ahura Mazda is... Ahura is the bad guy. I get yeah. that. Uh-huh. And Ahura Mazda is the good guy. Yeah. This is, Ahura Mazda is like the big, all-creating, everything god, mm-hmm. primary creator power, great mover. But sometimes he's a dualistic and balanced power with Angramayu, the bad guy, the great untruth, the destructive spirit, the evil intent. Mm-hmm. And I think depending on who you ask or what specific flavor of Zoroastrianism you're dealing with, they're either equals 
in a spiral that will eventually favor or close to equals in a spiral that will eventually favor good over evil mm-hmm. or Angra Mainyu and all of the other subspirits are all emanations of Ahura Mazda. And in that case, there's like one primary God and everything else is kind of an echo or subsidiary spirit of him. And in that sense, it is, it is basically monotheistic. But I kind of feel like that's an abstract, more Gnostic informed version and maybe came later. I have no way to prove that. And it probably started out more dualistic than that. Yeah, it's interesting because it is sort of the conundrum of with Christianity, like how do you reconcile an all-powerful God with a like with Satan as an equal? But if you don't have that, then God created Satan, which is like that's terrible. But with yeah, Hermasta and I'm going to call him Araman because it's Angrumat. I always get the other name wrong. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, so he's also Araman. But uh, it is sort of that delicate dance, too, because, yeah, Hermazda is a creator, created light and dark. And there's a reckoning at the end um, or good triumphs over evil. But meanwhile, they both have their houses. They have the House of Welcome and they have the House of Lies. And it seems that those places are potentially equal, but they're adversarial. But it doesn't seem like Armin tempts anybody. It just, you know, people through their own bad choices right. wind up there. Right. And he's kind of... I'm he's a kind host of, rather he's than... He's kind of uh, the, like the god of bad choices almost. Yeah. Right. And it's, I mean, he provides a space. I mean, I, one of the article that I read sort of describes them both as hosts in these separate houses and... The difference is the level of hospitality you get. Well, and and Zoroastrianism really like plays up free will as a thing. Like that's yeah, a fairly major totally. element. I mean, there's not mm-hmm. predestination. Your call as a Zoroastrian is to kind of fight this good fight, is to take on um, uh, evil through good works, good deeds, good deeds. thoughts. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, your your weight on your deeds. Above all mm-hmm. else, not defiling water or fire. Yes, we should get to the list of sins eventually because it's, a, it's, a, long it's list. a hoot. Yes. It's a hoot. It's a hoot. <laughs> but uh, I was going to say something really important here. Yeah, so, right, 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 right. And maybe we shouldn't talk about the specifics of who is responsible for punishment until we get to that part because it's interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, it's almost as if neither one is really doing a whole lot in the world. They're just kind of holding these houses for the good and for the evil to find their way to. Yeah. And at the end, uh, yes. And at the end, Angra Mayu will melt and all of the bad people will run into a great big fiery pool. And of molten metal. Of molten metal. It happens. Uh-huh. And I have a question here because... Some people have said that this is a universalist religion. And I think that, again, depends on what day you're looking at, because initially I read that everybody will kind of burn forever or be consumed. But it sounds like the bad people will get purified ultimately and go on to rejoin uh, Ahura Mazda, which is nice, Mm -hmm. except for the burning. It just takes 9,000 years. Oh, that's a drop in the bucket. I mean, (laughs) compare compare that to any of the Hindu hells for like millions of years. But it's 9,000 9, years. The, what, one of the things I read 
uh, it's night. You have it. It takes nine thousand years. It's going to take nine thousand years for that for that reckoning to happen and and the them to be purified with the molten metal. Um, but then there's like a three day period where they have to go back and kind of like almost like in the reserves where they have to go back for three days and then they can again go back to Hermas. It's very confusing. Well, and it's a chance to make another choice too. In that free will yes. thing again, yeah. Choices, choices, choices. But I also read that fire doesn't really figure prominently in punishment because it's used in rituals. Right. So it's actually seen as a good force, but it's everything's fiery, but it's not used as punishment. Well, it's used as purification, which is a good thing. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and the molten like, metal is too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. I don't know. I mean, I feel like molten metal is fire, but maybe I'm yeah. judgmental. Liquid fire. I mean, you have to have fire to melt metal, Right. Right. Okay, so, so we're question mark on that. Put a pin in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so where are we now? We're talking about, is it monotheistic? Well, I feel, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, soft no. Okay. Soft mm-hmm. no. So thesis number 14. Uh, Zoroastrianism is the first ecological religion. Stop, film, and discuss. Okay, so when, when you say ecological, what do you mean by that? Well, let's see. Arguments in favor of the religion has this kind of focus on uh, elements, on water mm-hmm. and fire, both mm-hmm. being kind of important. And reading through like the list of things you can get that'll take you to bad places, there's an awful lot of them that are focused on like animal rights and animal abuse. Okay, yes, I would agree with that. Um, yeah. Because there are also ones related to bad. To wasting resources, yeah, yeah specifically yeah. natural resources, and not tending to uh, what was it like? Not tending to the field or the cow. There's something, or not not attending to or neglecting a Mazda and like the field and the cow. Yeah, like those three things are aligned in the range of sins. Like yeah. any neglect of those things is a sin. And like workers' rights, but it applies to the cow. Right. Yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And also, it's a religion that's fairly celebratory in some ways. Like, I mean, you're going and doing things in the world. So it doesn't have that weird ascetic stuff that Christianity and Judaism tend to have where you like kind of whip yourself too much. Mm-hmm. And you're not supposed to be an absent person. You're supposed to be actively engaged in the world. And I think that says positive things about the world, which is somewhat unusual. Yeah, it's not an introspective religion. Right, right, at right. At all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot of navel-gazing. It's doing. Navel-gazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, contrary to this idea, I'm going to quote Herodotus talking about the Magi. The Magi are a very peculiar race, different entirely from the Egyptian priests and indeed from all other men whatsoever. The Egyptian priests make it a point of religion not to kill any live animal except for sacrifice. The Magi, on the contrary, kill animals of all kinds with their own hands, excepting dogs and men. They even seem to take a delight and enjoyment in the kill as readily as they do other animals, ants and snakes, such as flying or keeping things. Hmm. This okay. is referring to the craftster concept or craftstra. Craftstra. Which for the world's first ecological religion, I envision a lot of Zoroastrians like wandering around jumping up and down on scorpions. Like, there's one! Ah! <laughs> I mean, you met a scorpion. They're, they're very stompable creatures. They are awful, but there are, are, are critters that, that are valid. This, this explains something to me. Yes. Thank you. Because 
when I was reading about, uh, you know, the hospitality one receives in the House of Lies, one of the things is being fed scorpions and snakes. And there's a statement about it's all of the things that the righteous kill but don't eat. Right. And cats. Cats are on that list, too. Yeah. So, it's this inversion of like, Lizards, okay. frog and foxes. Foxes, but not wolves. Interesting. Wait. And coyotes. Hmm. Coyotes are on the list of crafters. Oh, dear. Do, wait. Are, one, are coyotes edible? Yes. Oh, wait, everything's edible once. With and ketchup. two, are cats righteous? <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely no, cats, not. Cats are kind of smug. awful. Yeah, really, they're horrible. No, they're, I'm a, I'm, hmm. they're no, according to Jackson Galaxy, cat behaviors by day, rock musician by night. There's no such thing as a bad cat. Hmm. So that the craft just misunderstood. The craftier concept is that there are animals that are kind of, I think they're full up of drudge, kind of this negative concept, negative energy, mm-hmm. or they're creations of the evil spirit, Angra Mainu, which would include which would include peacocks. I think, like in one legend, uh, someone said to Angra Mainu, "Hey, you can't create." And he said, "Ha ha, held my beer and <laughs> conjured up peacocks. Hold my um, mead. Okay, hold my mead. I think." Are we gonna? We should talk about this in more detail in the next episode because we also need to talk about hedgehogs, right? Which are probably evil. So and just mm. like there's way more load bearing than you would ever imagine. So so again, for this ecological religion, uh-huh. you spend an awful lot of time, and in fact, can be sent to hell for not participating in the like ritual scorpion stomp. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Back to Herodotus. I'm trying okay. to find the quote. And I can't, so just prepare for some wild-ass conjecture on my part. Sure. Herodotus was Greek. I'll buy that. Is that conjecture? (laughs) (laughs) You can't prove it. You can't prove I'm wrong. Okay. Herodotus was Greek, and the Greek representation of other religions is garbage at best. Because they put their Greek sauce on everything. Uh, valid, that's a, valid that's, point. Right. Herodotus describing Zoroastrianism? No. But but in the uh, in the Art of Eroth, which is a little later, that's like 500 AD or so, 700 AD. It's, uh, actually, it's 600. Let me let me tell you this because I actually have this uh, information um, in my notes about the dates. So, 6th century, since 6th century common era, the manuscript is actually, there's a ninth uh, century era. So, it's kind of like, tells a story from the 6th century, I think. So, but it's, it's a, it's a 900 the retelling of a 600 story? Yeah. And I think there's even later editions coming from the 11th. Okay. Oh, no, no. That's another book. Sorry. Never mind. That's a later one. So, that's another one. So, mm-hmm. in, our, in our... Okay. So, the, the we are so all over the place. The Art of Iraf is a very typical vision vision story, a vision narrative, mm-hmm. just like Tundal, just like St. Peter, just like Inferno, yep. where mm-hmm. man goes into underworld, otherworld, overworld with an angel who walks through things and explains why bad things happen to bad people. And there's two of them. And two, both of them are on the, they're from the bridge. Oh, they're yeah, the yeah, yeah. meet on the bridge. They are. It's, uh. Which bridge? The, um, what is the name of the bridge? The Chinvat the Bridge. Chinvat. Yeah. Is this mm-hmm. the one where if you cross it and a pretty girl meets you, you're a good person, but if an old 
hag meet yep. you. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's the one. That's the one, right, yes. Right, 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 but right, right. I was wrong. So you meet Shrosh and Roshnu and Mithra on the bridge. Well, on the bridge. But then Angel, that is with... Um, is, is, is Jorosh, which is Shrosh. And Ataro is the angel. So Shrosh is Shrosh the pious from the bridge. Right. Um, yes. a- anyway, so you, there is a special place in hell, literally, for people that do not stomp scorpions. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, there is. And one of the things that I found interesting is that instead of like a Dante, it's Dante's body that is going through hell. Here, it's the soul. It's his soul. Like he actually leaves his body and travels. Right. Because the soul is just one of the parts that make a person. Yep. They, you, they separate. Let's let's talk about the soul for a while because it's weird. Okay, so yes. there are five parts? Question mark. I only know of two. Oh, poop. Control the five F, parts five. of the soul? There are five immoral parts of a human being. Immoral or immortal? Yes. <clears throat> There's at least one immoral part of a human being. <clears throat> that's Anything the, can be immoral that's once. The cat. <laughs> if your if your nose causes you to sin, you might. It's just like a, you might be a redneck <laughs> if no. you might be a sinner if. Okay, um, <laughs> your theory: five parts of the five immoral parts of the body. Here we go. Soul, ahu, life, Dina, okay. religion, Bauda, knowledge, Irvan, soul, and Fravashi, pre-existing souls. Okay, which may mean preeminent hero or capability of good things. Yeah, the Fravashi is Fravashi's neat. It's kind of like a guardian angel almost that, that, that's incarnated with you. What's the word I'm oh, looking for? It's uh, potential. It's your potential energy yeah, yeah, yeah. of I don't... of what? Being Superman? I don't know. The Fravashi... But when you die, the Fravashi is like a data upload of everything you've accomplished in your war against the Drudge. And then I don't know if your soul dies or not. I think that depends on who you ask. Well, your soul is down, well, either in the house, like, either in the house of welcome or in the house of lies, right? And then 900 years, 9,000 years. In 9,000 years. So, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. the upload is for the current battle. And then 9,000 years later, you're, re- you're reunited with your Fravashi. Actually, I think that might be the case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was kind of an Egyptian idea, too. Yeah, and your Fravashi, I think, kind of incarnates in other lives. Like, it's, it's ancestry in some ways. That makes sense. Like, the good deeds of my great-grandfather will affect the great deeds of my great-grandchildren? Not, not, not so directly. It's just kind of the Fravashi is like an element that is, continue, is reborn again and again and then data uploads. But it's not like, it's not really reincarnation. It's just that this is an ancient thing that is incarnated in you. But it's the capability of, it's the, it's the potential of great things. I think we're in this place where Zoroastrianism does not agree with Zoroastrianism necessarily. Hmm. There's actually a section here where it says, Zarathustra ignored the Fravashi and spent more time on the Daina, the religion. <laughs> so pop culture, pop culture. Um, have you seen Titan A.E.? No. Uh, yes. Don, Don, Don Vu's sci-fi film? With, um, oh, what's her name? 
the actress with the legs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. She has eyebrows too, right? Yeah. And a okay. nose. <gasps> That's right. But the, about the nose caused her to sin. Well, anyway, mm. pop culture thing. The bad guys in 1980, they're these kind of blue energy creatures, are called the Drudge. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, falsehood. I don't know. Wait. Would your friend with the Indo-Iranian mastery say the Druh? Oh, God. I don't. Let's not go down this road. Because <laughs> I just, I realized what you were saying. I thought you meant like, like D-R-U-D-G-E, like the sad and depressing. Which, I mean, fits in context, but I'd never said it's the word the, aloud. I, I, since I don't have that character set in my mind or head, it's usually written on D-R-U-J. I was to say, for those of you following along at home, he said D-R-U-J. And I said D-R-U-J. Yes. Victoria I've <laughs> is about to say D-R-U-J. I'm just happy uh, that I found a source that didn't use diacriticals. That phonetic <gasps> had a Gasp. non-diacritical spell. <laughs> so the drudge, the druh, is the lie. Yes. The, the yes. evil. I would the agree with that. The bad side. Uh-huh. And the moment you die, it fills up your body instantly. Your and physical your, body. Yeah, your corpse just drips druge all over the place. Like, on the moment of death, you become like this this vessel of... of uh, so we talked about this earlier in like medieval medieval Christian ritual type stuff. It's like this you become kind of anti-sacramental energy almost. Right. But you don't get mellified. Well, no. I mean, have you seen a body in rigor mortis? It turns blue and looks evil. Right. But like immediately, like when you die, you should not be touched because you become instantly ritually quite impure. Right. Yes. As you fill, and, you fill up with drudge. And also there's, again, another, there's always a period of time after death where there's sort of a waiting period to see yeah. what's going to happen to you. Yeah. Seven days, three days. This one's three days. But, but Plot twist. I'm sorry. Where the evil, like, demons are sitting at your head. Right. Spoiler. Waiting. The vultures eat you. <laughs> yeah, the burial burial by vulture is a is a practice with it's with a, like yeah, it's yep, amazing. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. What do you call a burial room? It's like a it's three a tower t- of silence. Is that yes, it? I love that. It's very very evocative. Wait, would it? So it's considered? Is it considered a sky burial? Yeah. No, that's okay. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Because it's on the mountain, right? I mean, doing on a mountain. There's also the demonic mountain. It's wherever the vultures are. Yeah, and downwind mm-hmm. of civilization. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, my second pop culture reference on this one, and this is one that I really was delighted by when I first found out about it. Uh, this is sort of a Dante's Inferno D&D Zoroastrianism, Zoroastrianism reference. Okay. The demon, the devil god Asmodeus, who's one of the like best known villains right. in D&D. Asmodeus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Big tall guy has a red scepter. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Nine Hells, et cetera, et cetera. No one is allowed in the ninth, the lowermost hell, Nessus, um, for reasons. And the reason is that if you go into Nessus, you'll find, like, smashed from his journey through the skies into hell, a broken serpent. That serpent, ah. that serpent is, in D&D lore, Aramain. Who oh, is, 
Which there, happens in this cosmology. Yeah. And Aramain, in this D&D cosmology, this is a very obscure bit, was a part of a pair of serpents that together created the world. They're both like powerful quaddle gods. Mm. But when they broke apart, um, one of them like fell down to hells and smashed his way down and is broken and crippled. And Asmodeus is a projection of him. Okay. Yeah. A projection of... It's the serpent Aramain projecting Asmodeus, the god of hell. Hmm. Okay. Obscure, but part of D&D lore. D&D is very good about keeping things accurate and canon. So, no arguments. I mean, it does a does a better job than a lot of things. I'll tell you. <laughs> You're not um, wrong. Could I could I read you or tell you a little bit about one of the things I learned was uh, in this article? I will tell you the name of the article because it was a really amazing article. Yeah, it is Hell and Zoroastrian History by M. Stausberg, Ooh. and it's a it's in a journal called Newman, N U M E, and not like Newman. Okay, um, 2009. But so he's talking about the topography and ecology of hell. Um, so his whole point is, if you have uh, the Zoroastrians had hell on their minds all the time, so that's why we have all these details. Is because if you're constantly thinking about hell and you know trying to avoid getting there, you're going to think a lot about what it's like there. Right. And so um, it's you know hell is underground, dark, most dark, most fetid, most terrible, most unwanted, and worst, and the worst place. It's the dwelling of demons and she demons. It also houses noxious animals and sorcerers and witches, and uh, it's regarded as Armin's residence or prison. And this is because Armin had pierced a hole like a serpent coming out of the ground hey. um, in good creation, and hell is located in exactly that spot. So it's almost like yeah, don't like you know Satan being yeah. encased in the ice, the Satan crater. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like a, a hole, like a serpent out of the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a serpent, you know, a ground-dwelling serpent. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You're not using the serpent to pierce the ground from above. He's crawling up from below. Right. And serpents are bad. You should jump up and down on them. That's scorpions. Yes, exactly. And if not, <laughs> everything is bad. Stomp on it, but don't eat it. I heard a new word. This is not okay. really relevant, but it makes me happy. Stygiophilia. Wait. Stygiophilia. Uh, so eating. Love of the depths? Yeah. Oh, love. It's okay. A sec- oh, it's, yeah. it's, a para- it's, a, it's a fetish for hell. Uh, so that's us. Right? <laughs> Nerds. I mean, is that, I guess. Is that, should we change the name of the podcast to Stygiophilia? Tempting. Very tempting. I thought about that, actually. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was our first episode of the podcast, Stygiophilia. Stygiophilia. Stygiophiliacs. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you in hell. Raise eyebrows. Raise eyebrows. <laughs> but no, that's... Yes. Now we are... De- we, I have derailed us. Let us talk more about hell. Okay. Wait, I need Here to Google go. Stygiophilia real quick. Do it on your work computer. <laughs> Did we talk about... Okay, so the good creation is Buddhism, the foundational creation. Okay. Right. I learned that word. I did not know that. Um, Can you spell that? It's B-U-N-D-A-H-I-S-M. Oh. And there may have been a diacritical in there. Oh, shit. That I did not. Include. Right. And she intentionally removed the diacriticals. I'm going to tell you what I did in place of diacriticals because I just got tired. So, I have um, the name for the place of bad being or existence is D-A-O-Z in parentheses with hey check, meaning a hey check over the Z. 
close parentheses, A and then uh, the N with the long tail. I got that one in there. And then superscript a check. Uh, oh no, superscript V between the N with the long tail and HA. So the V I think is an Ein or a Hamza. Not, no, Hamzas are at the beginning. I forget which one is the beginning. It's either an Ein or Hamza is my guess. So I kind of gave up on finding the keys to create diacriticals at a certain point and just started describing them. So Bundaism as the, the cosmogony of like the the creation was rectified by the Zervanism, which we talked about much earlier. And we mm-hmm. all three agreed no one knew what Zervanism was. I wrote a right. little blurb about Zervanism. I like it. Two it's out like of three the, of us don't know what Zervanism is. I'm not going to say I know what it is. I just thought it was interesting. Also, more. anything with a Z is interesting. Z-man. <laughs> Z-man. <laughs> Zervanism is like a more dualistic version of Zoroastrianism. Uh, Zervan, this guy it's, named Zervan sacrificed for a thousand years to create the world and it didn't work. And then he doubted his efforts and that doubt created, um, Aramain. And Ooh. so then, then, um, so it's a more, it's the work, the world is kind of a little bit darker, but eventually it'll fall and Aramain will go down. Interesting. Um, it's, kind of, it's, it's just a, it's a. It's a version of Zoroastrianism that begins with a big downer. So, gotcha. I had Bundaism of Ahura Mazda and Araman as separate but equal, but there was no rectification. And then the Zervanism is the rectification, is Zervan is time who was the father of both. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay. And that explains how. That explains, one, how do these two come into existence, and two, how are they separate but equal? Right, right. I think, I think it is, like, more fatalistic, more, yeah. more dualistic, less, like, generally positive. It would still end well. The word for, like, the ending of this is freshacoretti, which, yeah. like, uh-huh. which means making wonderful. So it's the right, the purge, and then the salvation or the uh, purification. Yeah, of sinners. good guys will be in a world that feels mm-hmm. like warm milk. Is that good mm-hmm. or bad? And the bad people will be burned and flow to Angermainu, annihilated or maybe not annihilated. I don't really know. And then everybody, all of humanity, becomes like the immortal spirits. Which sounds great. It does. There's just some burning for some of us, you know. Right. And then the th- weird three-day period where you have to go back, I right, guess. Right, right, right. This, this so, kind of goes back to, like, the whole, the Christian, like, is it an annihilistic hell or is this a eternal hell? Yeah, that's an open-ended thing. But you do kind of feel the edges of the Hebrew, like, we're in a box until the resurrection arc happens. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the good and bad people will be separated or burned off. That really does strongly echo this fresh Akureti idea. It's, it really is. It's, you have to get it hot enough for the Maillard reaction to kind of really, I can't finish that sentence. I'm sorry. Uh, On the subject (laughs) of Maillard reaction reactions, the sort of purgatory place is called Hamigistan and it just leads with the word. It leads with ham. (laughs) Ham. Everybody loves ham. We had steamed Um, hams for dinner. 
Did you have Steve Ham? That may not be purgatory, but it's a place for people that have a balance of good and evil. Yes, which I would describe as either as purgatory, right? Or limbo? Purgatory limbo. is a, is it? Yeah, maybe limbo. Maybe limbo. Uh-huh. It's interesting. But it's still not permanent. And maybe it's just, it's not a bad place. It's a nice little waiting room. Yeah. You know. And there's some music piped in. What if you're lactose intolerant and don't want to be bathed in warm milk? Everybody's lactose intolerant. That's the thing. We're not, our bodies are not made to um, ingest cow's milk. I think you're wrong. <laughs> we're, we're made to ingest I, I watched, human milk. I watched that man eat three milk. bowls of ice cream in a row. Well, you <laughs> he know knows what like, he's talking like, about. It is not natural for us to uh, hmm. drink. Like the, we've, but we've evolved, but we're not meant to. Oh, well, now who's uh-huh. judging? I know. <laughs> I love ice cream. Ice cream is my one of my most favorite things in the world. So is butter. So, <laughs> yeah, I like I like the dairy. So. Um, do you want me to tell you about some hell history and Zoroastrianism? Does sure. it involve butter? Or scorpions, one of the two. It does involve scorpions. Okay. But I'm going to go through this as quickly as possible, but the, it, the most satisfying <clears throat> part is descriptions of things that you will encounter in hell. Right, okay. Um, so, but this article, Hell and Zoroastrian History, uh, essentially outlines, okay, so we have this argument that whether or not Zoroastrianism was actually influential in Judaic Christian um, understandings of hell. And so the author traces that understanding through uh, Zoroastrian texts. So essentially, uh, we uh, start with Mary, Mary Boyce, who is the queen of Zoroastrian studies. Mm-hmm who claimed that Zoroaster was the first to create a concept of hell. And it was a hell, not of negation, like separation from God, like say the Egyptians, but of punishment. So this is possibly the first punishment hell. Mm. Um, Mm. The Deus, which is the debased deities of the pagan past were hell's principal inhabitants. So uh, kind of like the, the sort of fits Dante a little bit. To accept that a pre-Zoroastrian religion was reformed by the prophet assumes that there's no evidence of hell in the early Vedic, like the Rig Vedic hymns. You have to accept, you have to believe that there's no other reference to believe that Zoroaster did this. But It sounds like Tartarus is like a 600 to 700 BC thing. So maybe, maybe. Well, there are references to a hell-like place in the Rig Vedas. So there are five passages that at first sight could be relevant for a conceptualization of hell, but are not themselves conceptualizations of hell. Now, what but they allude to people following into pits or being thrown into pits. Now, the Rig Vedas are the sacred text of Hindu religion? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, a quote from that work, Book 7, Hymn 104, Verse 3, Indra and Sorna throw forth the evildoers into the enclosure, into the anchorless darkness, so that not one may ever get out of there, so may your fierce might prevail over them. So this is the anchorless darkness is a theme that kind of continues in these early version, uh, early ideas of hell that could have led to the modern or the Judeo-Christian idea of hell. Hmm. So the next, go ahead. Sorry. Mm, no, I was I was making an agreement noise. And so there's several references to darkness. In, these te- in the Rig Veda, um, and it comes into some other texts. So we have also in the Gathas, the, which is the earliest part of the Avestan, 
Avestan corpus, um, which is also ascribed to Zoroaster or Zarathustra, we have again creation of light and darkness, but it's plural. So we have lights and we have darknesses in that. So the darkness may not reference a hell-like state, but deceitful ones are they have to have an extended stay in the darkness and they have foul nourishment. So, so we're starting to get to that punishment aspect. But purgatorial, it's, it's redemptive hell. Right. Yeah. So, but we haven't gotten to that specifically yet. So we've got the quote from this in the Gotha, but the deceitful of bad rule, bad action and bad word a bad religious view and bad thought, the souls come to meet them with foul food and they will be welcome guests in the house of deceit. So we also get the idea of this place called the house of deceit or the house of lies. And so is it hell? It is in a sense of purgatory where you're kind of a guest in this house where you can never leave like hotel California. Right. Um, the worst kind of hotel California. Um, the original was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's a lot of stabbing with steely knives. Um, so, the interesting thing here, though, is because you, the whole, just like Hotel California, it's your own actions that keep you there. So nobody is making you stay. Yeah, free choice, a free you will. Are, you're doing this to yourself. So the um, that the demons, is very Sandman. Yes, it yeah. is. It's very Sandman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, very Lucifer. Uh, Gaiman's Lucifer. But um, the demons do yoke evildoers to their deeds. So there is an attachment there. But then evildoers, they're not held. They're not held. Yeah. So here's the line about folks end up in this realm because if they neglected the orders of the wise lord and turned away from the cow in the pastures. So the opposite of this is, is House of Welcome, which is uh, akin to paradise, which and that's where her Mazda is. And that, again, is another host where... You know, that's that's the good that's the good place. You're a guest in a good in the good place. So I'm gonna skip stuff about names of hell, but I'm gonna go straight to uh, we have hell in Middle Persia literature. I want to get to the whole idea of why hell is so why descriptions of hell are so important to Zoroastrians. And why they get so specific and so gory is because the um, anticipation of hell was huge in the religion. Hmm. So, fear of hell is what made you do good things. Mm. Yes? No! You don't think so? That is sort of, that's sort of like fourth level ethics and not seventh level ethics. Okay. Okay. If if the purpose of reality and <clears throat> and this is again this goes back to my earlier monologue which probably got edited out. Mm-hmm. Man is inherently good, says Zarathustra. Okay. Mm-hmm. Man is capable of uncleanliness and can be inc- impacted by unclean things. But man is inherently good and through good deeds will live a good life and eventually blah, 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 whatever, stomp on scorpions. Mm-hmm. Hell is not something you have to actively 
work to avoid, heaven is something which if you live a normal life, you will attain. And I say heaven and hell loosely. Oh, no. I, I disagree. Yeah, I think I, think, <laughs> I strongly disagree. I think the list of sins really kind of betrays yeah. that there's a morbid oh, element yeah. here. That morbidity yeah. is uncleanliness, right? But and and so it may be that nobody is good enough to immediately get into heaven. I can accept that, and nobody is excluded from heaven because it's sort of universalist. But uh, I would I strongly disagree because. The world, okay, so the culture that we're dealing with is spending a hell of a lot of time, pun intended, thinking about what horrors are in hell. Like, they're imagining insane things, and they get to a point where they would rather suffer on Earth than face the unknown in hell. There's stories about that. I thought Mm -hmm. that that Zoroastrianism steered fairly firmly away from the self-flagellation stuff. Well, it's a different But there's different versions, different flavors. Right. Yeah, so here's a story. Um, So this is from the Deckard, another another text um, that it tells the story of two priests who were carrying firewood from a mountain on their backs. So they're asked by a high priest why they were doing that sort of work, and they replied that they had heard that everybody had to undergo some discomfort created by Araman, either in this world, which is the visible material existence, or in the other world, the invisible slash conceptual slash spiritual existence. So they preferred to experience their share of discomfort in this world where they would still see the sun and the moon and obtain nourishment, medicine, and remedies because the discomfort one had to suffer in the invisible world would be without the addition of any good thing. So it's so experiencing the hell of this world is preferable to having a full share of it in the other world. I'd be willing to bet a six-pack of diet Dr. Pepper that this is post-Christianity. I don't, let's see. I, I'll have to look up to see when this text was created, but all of these seem to be around the sixth century CE. So yeah, it's possible. That's quite that's that's CE is. I mean, that's late. That's that's yeah. post biblical Christianity, and we're starting yep. to get into very aesthetic Christianity as well. And it's part. But the interesting thing here is also the sense that I mean, as far as discomfort on Earth, this is pretty light, like doing labor. But the that's. It's labor with a point. Mm -hmm. One of the aspects of hell is that you're doing pointless labor. Right. So it's, it's a, and they're choosing to do this, right? It's the known versus the unknown. Mm. So it's kind of this like neurotic avoidance of what's going to happen to them in hell. So, and it's dictated by Araman. Like you have, you know, that he's saying you're going to suffer in some way. You could either do it here or you could do it there. Point of order. If the father mm-hmm. of lies tell you you're going to suffer if you don't do something. <laughs> good point. Very okay. good point. Yeah, because it's not Aromazda saying so, this. So, to your mm-hmm. original point is that the Zoroastrianism is one of the first hells. It's punishment. A punishment punish- hells. Well, uh, yeah. Specifically mm-hmm. on Zoroastrianism where... In the myth of creation, in the cosmogony, the human, humanity is created for the repulsing of the bad, of the lie, the druh, the drudge. Yeah. Right? Yes. I think that's a safe, safe so assumption. Our job as living, breathing people is to live a good life, do good deeds, and, re- and repel the bad. 
What are the three tenants? We need to, we should probably cite that. David Tennant. Good, good deeds, good thoughts, and good words. Is that right? And yeah, good thoughts, good words, and good deeds. Right. And so this is a very... And spreading, long- spreading happiness, which I love that. See, like, joy is key here because they don't want to be in a place without joy. Right? They'd rather suffer where there's joy. And so this is a yeah. rewarding thought, not a punitive world. Right. Because it's pointful, it's labor with a purpose and in a place with joy. Right. Or suffering in a world with joy. I, I have my questions about, about Zoroastrianism because sometimes it seems like maybe it's just as judgy as any other religion in that period. But the emphasis on joy in this world is so nice, so cool. Right. Like that's like one is. of the best things about neo-paganism is like this world is, is the place that has to be joyful. And I love that. Mm-hmm. At some point, though, we need to talk about the 101 things you can do to get into hell. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I was just kind of in strategies of hell avoidance because there are also rituals that you can do to avoid hell. Really? But, Note um, to self. Yeah, lots of, lots of Step them. Step on scorpions. But, um, so, we talked a little hey! bit about the, <laughs> we talked about the topography and ecology of hell, the big hole created by Armin. Right. There are different sections of hell. The There's, um, let's see, how many hells are there? So, we've got... The first part of hell is dark, fetid, and full of evil. The second part of hell is the worst existence, the abode of demons, full of evil and torture. And the third is the Druzak, or the, I think there's another word for that. Druzak. Just, Do you know that word? Well, it sounds like it comes from drudge. Maybe it's just foul and unclean. I think it is. I think it's a, a, it's, it comes from that. And that's the bottom of the house of darkness um, where the head of the demon runs. So, that's where, her, that's where Armin is. It's like the bar mat of the universe. Yeah, <laughs> essentially, it's where it's yeah you know, everything kind of soaks in there. Mm, nice, but um, there are the agents of punishment. Are there are some demons who do this? But there are also just a lot of different creatures, which I think we'll talk about. But they're just referred to in the literature as they. Oh, yeah, and so um, ultimately, though, hell is human powered. Nice. So, <laughs> so you're essentially doing these things to yourself. Okay. Like you're the one maintaining the torture. Okay. So, do you want to talk about sins and punishments now? Because I have a fun game. Okay. Uh, when we get to it. I'd love to talk about sins and punishments. I'm going to lead with that the very first sin that will get you into hell in, in the Art of Eroth is gay stuff. Ah, that yes. That's the number so, one. The first one. Really? Oh, yes. I have an original kind of more chaotic list. And oh. then I have a list that's sort of sorted into categories. Okay. Which do you want? Because um, a chaotic one is very chaotic and very long. Let's do categories as best as we can. Because there's like 97 okay. verses in the Art of Iraf. Okay. So, the categories include, and we can get to some of these that make absolutely no sense. So, um... Usual sins. You want to name some of the usual sins? Not stepping on scorpions. Uh-huh. Be that's that's kind of an unusual one. Carrying a dead man into a ceremonial fire zone. Wait, uh-huh. that's a sin or not a sin? That's a sin. No. Being a woman. <laughs> yeah, being a woman. Definitely being a woman. Peeing upright. Wait, what? Really? Peeing, well, peeing, peeing standing up. So, you should what? only pee laying down? Uh Peeing standing up okay. is a sin. Yep. Abusing cows. 
Moe. Yes. Um, uh-huh. Cheating day labor. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. That makes me happy. Uh, being dishonest, uh, bearing false witness, the Ten Commandments type stuff. Um, lying. Lying. Yeah. Yeah. Lying safely. Causing anything bad to happen to a fire or water. <laughs> right. Because fire mm-hmm. is good. Fire is important. Mm-hmm. Blasphemy. Yep. Not being prayerful, I think, is one, but I don't remember exactly how that one falls out. Mm-hmm. Back to the Sky Towers, isn't there something about burial? Touching, well, everything. Like, anything involving a dead body is, is very heavily unclean. Uh, mm-hmm. ab- abortion, obviously, big one. Um, adultery. A lot of different flavors of adultery, too. Uh, sorcery. Wait, mm-hmm. yeah. weren't the, mm-hmm. wasn't, like... Ritual magic a big thing? Mm, I think it's attributed as a big thing. But there's sorcerer. Yeah, sorcery is a sin, especially when it's used against your spouse. Right, right. Oh, oh, oh heck. Yeah. Weirdly enough, uh, children who are not recognized by their fathers also wind up in hell. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I wonder why. I guess why? that's. Well, hell's temporary. So, you know, it's not that big a deal. So, so like little Jimmy puts on a fake mustache and a monocle. He walks in and is like, "Hey, everybody!" And Dad's like, "Who is this stranger in my house?" Boom! Instant hell. Oh yeah, yeah. If you say you were to father a child, you refuse to acknowledge that child. That child, what you would wind up in hell, but you'd be like standing right next to the child that you ignore. Who's also poor Jimmy? Who's also being punished? Yeah, who's also suffering a punishment? Um, Serves your right yeah. for being a bastard. So we've covered several of the categories like like sodomy, adult, like the big ones, the, the seven deadlies, essentially. You've also got the sins against the spouse, mostly right. women sinning against spouses. But it did go uh, both ways. Like there were there was true. There, there was, was some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like men who uh, or, ignore their own spouses, but seduce others wives. Yeah. Or I think right? men, men who don't do what their wives ask, actually. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Abuse and neglect of religion, neglect or abuse of a child, abuse of the civil order, disloyalty of subjects against the social order. Yeah, there were a few about... So, that's purity laws. Yeah, there's actually a special category in heaven for people that were good rulers. Yes. And uh-huh. a few different ways to get into hell for people that are bad rulers and abuse their faith. Mm-hmm. Which is great. And that's that's something you don't get in uh, the Ten Commandments, for instance. I was I was just going to no. ask is when was this specific list written? Because a yeah. lot of this feels like it's pulled from later other sources. It is. It's like six. This is like six hundred. Okay, AD. so definitely mm-hmm. commandment influenced. Yeah, because I was I was going to ask specifically: Is there any onanistic sin? Oh, yeah. Because probably, that's probably just general uncleanliness. Is it? Or is that a, no. a Judaic Hebraic thing? No, and also masturbation, eternal masturbation is a punishment. Really? Wait, what? Of people who are, uh, who are um, not necessarily onanistic, but Pod- pervy. Podcasters. <laughs> for, 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 la- oh for, for lack God. of a better word. Pervy people have to masturbate for eternity in Zoroastrian hell. Huh. Huh. Yeah. 5,000 years of edging. <laughs> edging? Oh, you don't know that one? <laughs> no. Oh, God. Is this a sidebar? <laughs> Should we table edging well, for t- a moment? Let's table edging. 
Okay. Okay. I learned something someone every said, day. Someone, Joseph was saying what he was going to do for the afternoon. He says, I'm going to go out in the front yard for edging for a while. It's like, <laughs> that's rather public. Oh, yeah. Right, right. It's, it's trimming the lawn next to the sidewalk. Right. Okay. Yes. Edging, right. I guess, to some is a big turn on. For those of you following along at home, this will not be in the show notes. <laughs> no. Okay. And not on my work computer, which is now my home computer. So... Standard, apart from the masturbation. <laughs> standing up. Standing up. Um, Wait, peeing while standard, standing up or masturbating while standing up? Peeing while standing up is a sin. Well, I will also say peeing standing up is uh, included in a cluster with not wearing shoes or only wearing one shoe. I've seen it both ways. That's very specific. And being naked. So there's something going on I'd there. rather be like naked than wear kind of one clustered shoe. together yeah. Yeah. Like maybe like an ex- exposure thing yeah a dude wearing one shoe naked peeing standing up is the worst oh god <laughs> arguably yes uh did we talk briefly about punishment? Because I have I have a brief there's, thing about punishment. There's a lot of like the punishment must fit the crime sort of thing happening. And it's... Yeah, so, is it contrapasso? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like some of the horrible ones for like things that happen to women are like, oh, breasts cut off. Yeah. Yeah. The main punishment, the standard punishment found in the majority of texts is for the wicked to be fed fetid and putrid things while waiting thousands of years in the company of demons until the final resurrection. So the book of Ardivoth elaborates on all manner of punishment. And there's, it's all so disgusting that E.W. West's translation in sacred books of the East, uh, he stopped midway and said, from here onward, the pictures of the tortured souls become too nauseous to follow. And that's, so, and that's why I sent you the unexpurgated version. <laughs> Thank you. But the thing is to remember, and we talked about this before, <clears throat> this was a book for a popular audience. So this was intended for the masses. Like it was supposed to be salacious. Yeah. Well, that's graphic torture is that. Yeah. And also to kind of feed like, ah, people are like, what's hell going to be like? I'm going to have mm. to eat corpses and menstrual blood and semen and have it poked into my orifices by hedgehogs oh hedgehogs um, but i will say a couple of times when i was reading about the punishments i was like this is michelle remembers like she underwent the a lot of these things so i don't know if they're you know let's see i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna read um so this is from (laughs) the art of iraf and it has this strong like i saw these sinners what is this? The angel said, and this is a pattern you see in a lot of vision literature. And again, this this text is post early vision literature. It's post like Testament of Peter, that sort of thing, where that became a big thing. I also saw the souls of women. You know, maybe I'll read this one. It's kind of awful. misogynistic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also saw the soul of a man who was suspended by one leg in the darkness of hell. And he had an iron sickle in his hand and ever gashed his own chest and armpits. And an iron spike was driven into his eye. And I asked thus, I asked thus, whose soul is this? And what sin committed was committed by him? Srosh the pious and Adar the angel said thus, this is the soul of that wicked man to whom a city was confided for administration. And that which was proper to do in order was not done and not ordered. And efficient weights and measures of capacity and length were kept. And he listened to no complaints from the poor and from travelers. 
So he's a bad civil servant. Yeah, and like put his thumb, put his thumb, <laughs> put his thumb on the scale, and didn't read his comments. <laughs> is, that is so interesting. And again, so much like Dante, but Dante kind of took that and then threw in, you know, political figures and, and himself. you know, kind of current events. Yeah, and himself. Like I don't think I haven't read this, but it doesn't seem like this is self-aggrandizing for Raph, right? No, not really. No. Mm-hmm. It's just a litany. Yeah, it's a very interesting litany. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to uh, talk about hedgehogs next. I am so unprepared for hedgehog discussions. <laughs> Is anybody ever ready for hedgehogs? Um, well, well, that seems to be a really like logical place to stop, I guess, with the hedgehogs. We'll come back in a week or so to talk about the various critters, angels, spirits, devas, etc. Uh, that you might encounter in the Zoroastrian Otherworld or in your shoe. Uh, <laughs> Guys, I have mm-hmm. so much to talk about Pleistocene megafauna. I kid you not. <laughs> and it's relevant? Yes. Oh, rock on Chicago. Uh, so I mean, until- <laughs> is it ever relevant? <laughs> have you Chicago? met me? So until then, we will see you in hell. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Dim's dial. This podcast is copyright 2023 by The Dispatchist and is Creative Commons. You're welcome to reuse with attribution. Look for us on your favorite podcast app. Say hi to us on Twitter or Gmail at The Dispatchist, no spaces. Check out our website, dispatch.ist, for episodes, show notes, and a variety of hellish resources.